Welcome to the preview podcast of the Bad Cody Funky Podcast, issue number 37, everyone. Coming up this week, we're going to be doing a pre-Deadpool party with the comics of Deadpool. Uh, in time for the movie coming out pretty soon, starring Ryan Reynolds. It should be good. We're hoping here. We're all uh, fans of Deadpool here. And the trailers look good. Ryan Reynolds is a huge fan of Deadpool, so we know uh, it's not going to be bad. <laughs> Mediocre at best, but we're hoping... Rob is going to be good. Uh, but this week on the PB Podcast, we're talking about uh, Deadpool in its earliest form that we've ever seen it before, and Deadpool in general. Um, so, well, what was the earliest iteration of Deadpool you guys ever seen? Like, where, where was the first time you saw him, if you guys can remember? Ooh. Uh, mine, mine goes way, way back. Yeah, what is it? Uh, yeah, so I, I've been a fan of Deadpool for a very long time, and I, I didn't really know that I was going to be, but. Um, it comes back and forth. So, uh, I started reading comics ever since I was a kid. I'm pretty sure the first comic I ever picked up in a store was Death of Superman uh, with my dad. Um, and he would take me to the comic book store every once in a while growing up. And in one fateful summer day in 1997... One fine go... day! Yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, we walk into the comic book store in 1997. I'm looking at the rack next to all the other X-Men titles. You know the year, 97? That's great. Yeah, dude. And Deadpool number one is sitting right there on the shelf. And I didn't know anything about it. I just liked how the cover looked. It was him jumping at Sasquatch, who was another character I didn't know about at the time, because fuck Alpha Flight. But, uh, so, it's there. It's in your face. It's big. It's got a lot of all that that cool 90s stuff popping up at you. Um... and, uh, And I was drawn in immediately. So, it was one of the ones that I picked up for our stack for the day. And I read it, and I, I really enjoyed it. Um, back then, I wasn't a, as dedicated a collector as I am now, so I you know I would kind of just pick up whatever interested me. But a couple of years later, um, you know, I still had a sort of peripheral awareness of the character. But when I was 16, I really got into comics again, big time. And I saw Cable and Deadpool had come out. Uh, and I was about seven or eight issues in. It was in the middle of the... I think the arc is called the Burnt Offering or something. It's the one where Cable's powers are getting really out of control and he ends up fighting the Silver Surfer and stuff and Deadpool and the X-Men team up to try and stop him. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I'm reading that and I'm reading the dialogue with him and and the X-Men and him and Cable and it's hilarious. And I'm like, I have to go back and get all this guy's appearances now. And I did. Nice. I had to have tracked down maybe... between 80 and 100 issues of Deadpool that there Whoa, had ever been. That's that there awesome. had ever been between 2006 and 1991. Nerd. Jeez. Yeah, so to this day, well, I stopped buying comics a couple of years ago uh, in single issues, so it's been a lot harder to keep track. Sure. But, and especially because he's been all over the place the past couple of years. So you'll definitely break the bank trying to track down all of his appearances now. But between, I want to say, 2000. 2010 and 1991, I've got every single issue that he's ever been in. Even for a single page. Mm. So, oh, if everybody um, says that Casey doesn't know what he's talking about, there you go. Suck it, everybody. Yeah. If you want to challenge my Deadpool cred, uh, I've, I've been a fan of him about as long as I've been alive. Nice. Uh, you know, in terms of publication. So, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my first Deadpool comic... Um, or my first, I guess, uh, exposure to Deadpool was in comic book form when I was doing uh, my research. It was in uh, it was in my college days, and I was following artists at that time. 
So as Casey knows and users know, my favorite artist at that point was Ed McGinnis. Yeah. So I went back and looked for everything Ed McGinnis could do. It brought me into some Hulk stuff. And then I found myself in Deadpool. And Which is the first stuff he ever did yeah. for Marvel. Oh, it was so good, too. I remember there's this one panel or this one like scene where he's fighting. I don't remember who he's fighting. He's fighting this dude, and they're going at it. And then the guy has him like by the throat, and Deadpool's just like, I think I just pooped a little. And after that line, I was just like, that is fucking awesome. Like, Deadpool is great. And then I read a, like, a couple comics, and then I kind of fell off. And then um, he kept on, like, just showing up sporadically in my life, right? Like, all the uh, Ed McGinnis stuff was great. But he would show up in, like, you know, Marvel's Capcom 3. He would show up in the Hulk versus Wolverine movie. Um, in, in Even in his own game, he got at one point, which was fucking spectacular game mechanics not so good humor on it a plus it was awesome um but it just kept on like like he deadpool's one of those characters that everyone loved but didn't know they loved him yet and now he's getting all this notoriety and all the all this fame because the movie's coming up and there's all this like this like controversy around it because like superheroes are supposed to be for kids and kids alone not this guy. Not this guy. And I, I love that uh, that argument. I don't know if you guys had heard about that, where this mother is like signing, making a petition so her kid can see it, so they can make it like a, a PG thirteen version. Oh my! Oh, God. get out of here! Yeah. Get out! I heard about that? Get out! And her argument out. is like, well, Deadpool was on Ultimate Spider Man one episode, so clearly he's marketed for kids. <laughs> oh my God! They they toned him down so oh, much yeah. in that show. Oh, they did. But it was. I think they even acknowledge it. Oh, they did. Like they if did. this was a different show, something the confrontation between me and Spider Man would go down very differently. Yeah. And it's like it's true, but and also a uh, fun fact for that that episode, uh, the voice of Deadpool is played by none other than Will Friedle, aka Eric Matthews. Um, no, it is. Yeah, it's Eric Matthews in that episode. He does the voice. That's funny. Yeah, it's great. Um, also voices Batman Beyond, Terry McGinnis, great stuff. Yeah. But um, yeah, no, totally. Like, I don't think there's any point besides that one episode where Deadpool was just like, "Hi, kids, I am a suitable role model for you." Yeah. You know, they they go out of their way in comics and and other media to rate it M and and really just like not let it be for kids, except for like, you know, what I call the the Kevin Smith era of your life, where you're like 13, 14 years old, and you're just like. Anything that has to do with weed, dick jokes, uh, scratch that. Anything Second that you've box. ever you heard Dave laugh at on this podcast, <clears throat> uh, essentially that the, the Kevin Smith era of your life. That's what Deadpool's really marketed towards, in my opinion, which is great because like it's hilarious. Uh, but what about you, Search? What was the first time you that's, had seen? And and th- that's funny that, that parents coming out of their way to try to get it all PG thirteen and everything. Yeah. It's like, dude, like it, it's not, it's not for everybody, you know. Like that's the same person who who you know brought their kids to see Watchmen, and they were like, oh, it's a superhero movie. Here we go, it's gonna be great. Oh, no. And like, there's, there's, there's like a rape scene, and there's like all this like you know, there's dicks and everything. Well, <laughs> Giant one dick, blue just, dick. yeah, dicks, all <laughs> exactly. 
Oh my god! Like I remember when we went to go see uh, Watchmen in the theater, and this woman like brought like all of her kids or something, and I was just like, "What? This this lady doesn't know this movie is not for children." Yeah. And uh, when the then the infamous scene where <laughs> where the comedian uh, was being very forward with uh, Silk Spectre, um, like I think they, they all took the infamous picture in Watchmen, mm-hmm. and she was uh, changing and everything, and then she was like, "Oh, I'll be out there in a minute," and he was just like, mm, "You're fine and stuff," you know. But it was like the Silk Spectre's. Uh, no, I think it was yeah, it's a Silk Spectre herself. Yeah. Um. Anyway, yeah. Then he, then uh, as soon as he like he bends her over to the, the table and slams her down, like I heard like skittles fall from like one of the kids. <laughs> oh and no! It was, it was the funniest thing. It was like childhood gone. Just this such symbolism. Childhood <laughs> gone. You heard the candy fall, and it was just like oh my god. <laughs> Uh, yeah, moral of the story is that, yeah, it's not, not for everybody. It doesn't have to be for everyone. And and that's the problem, too, that they're trying to make these movies for everybody. And, you know, it, it loses a lot of a lot of its feelings. So I'm so glad that it, it, it got the rated R rating that it got because that's Deadpool. You know, uh, when when I first saw Deadpool, I was in, uh, I was as a little kid back in the day in the 90s. A, y- a young man. Yeah, exactly. Um, it was in the 90s and it was, I think it was in Walgreens or something. I don't know. Um, I was in some store. I believe it was Walgreens. And there was a bunch of comics in, in, in a bin and I was looking through them and I loved Wolverine. And, uh, and, and it, this is before, way before Wolverine was just like, you know, like put in your face that he's the cool guy, you know, like I liked yeah. Wolverine and he had his own comics and stuff back then, like where he would verse everybody, he would have his own story. And then, you know, the X-Men cartoon was huge back then, the nineties cartoon and Wolverine, like, again, wasn't shoved in your face. He was like, you know, like there, you know what I mean? Like he would come in, he would do stuff like, you know, everybody in the X-Men kind of liked him, but he would go off on his own adventure, uh, his own adventures and he couldn't be told what to do, you know. But, you know, now you got Hugh Jackman. It's like, oh, he's a main character. He's got all those terrible spinoffs, whatever. So I saw I saw this uh, this comic Deadpool and I was just like, what is this? I thought it was cool because like red is one of my favorite colors mm-hmm. and uh, and I didn't know who he was, but I thought the cover just looked really, really cool. And uh, I forget the story. It was something about, like, Deadpool was searching for something, and he came upon a castle, and he had to kill everybody in a castle, and he and they were, you know, like, trying to get him, you know, while he was storming, and they couldn't kill him back. And I was just like, what? And just the humor was so weird mm. for the time, you know? I was just like, what? Like, he's a smartass. It's <laughs> like, like, kind of like Spider-Man. Because, you know, the, the Spider-Man 90s cartoon was huge back then, too. I'm like, but wait, this isn't Spider-Man. This is, like, a different hero in Red. Yeah. But he, he had has all these jokes while he's fighting and killing and there's so much violence and everything and then uh, um and when he got to the top of the castle like he uh whoever he was chasing was at the bottom so like he just like like jumped off to, to go get them then like he kind of like like hurt himself but you know he pulled himself out together and that was just really really cool he was indestructible he was a smart ass and everything was just so bloody and violent i was like wow this is amazing you know this is my first uh little little run with with deadpool and ever since then i was like huh this guy's awesome yeah, and, I, and then you know when I realized he he broke the fourth wall, I was like, "Wait a minute, what?" He's like You're talking to me. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> like this is crazy. And then uh, and then you know as 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 I grew up more, like uh, one of my friends, uh, uh, Ronnie's really into Deadpool, so he was showing me a lot of the, the different comics and everything, and all this all of the, all of his appearances, like him uh, fighting Wolverine, and that's when I really liked. I was like, "Oh, Wolverine's one of my favorite characters," and here he is like fighting Wolverine. This is so cool, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that was one of my first impressions of Deadpool, too, was you see him, and I was like, why does this guy look like a huge Spider-Man? Yeah. Slightly different. I was like, oh, maybe it's his brother or some stupid marketing fucking ploy or something. And then it's like you read it, and you're like, wow, this is the best thing in the world right now. (laughs) 
It's so good. Um, and actually, it's it's pretty interesting too. Like the whole, you know, when I think of Deadpool and I think of the voice, I think of Nolan North. That's like my go-to. And I find it interesting, and we'll probably talk about this maybe maybe a little bit next week more so because it's more to do with the movie. But it's like Ryan Reynolds is obviously playing Deadpool, and it's awesome that he's a fan. But it's very interesting that like he's mostly in a suit. So I wonder what the decision was between Ryan Reynolds versus Nolan North, you know, voicing this character because they could have just pulled like a, a Darth Maul essentially, yeah, and just got like a stunt double and all that. Um, I wonder if it's the notoriety that. Uh, Ryan Reynolds has and like you know his stardom that pushed to make this movie come true I don't know what you guys I, think I honestly think it's a little of both because yeah. from what we what we see in the trailers and stuff like that we know that you know he's he's going to be unmasked a fair a bit because we're going to see him before during the Weapon X program we're going to see what he looks like obviously without his mask on and he's horrible and hideous mm. um, but you know with with an actor who has such a passion to play the character yeah um, it would be a crime to have him replaced in any way from from doing the, the full deal. Yeah, it's true. I, um, I, which was honestly a, a real problem for people in X-Men Origins Wolverine, because he may have been the only redeeming thing about that film. Oh, yeah, the first, like, two minutes with him in it. And then they cut him out of the end. Yeah. Yeah. It's such shit. Yeah. <laughs> I will tell you something, though. Nolan North, great as he is, is not the voice of Deadpool I hear in my head. Oh, who do you hear? So... To my knowledge, and I believe this is the first time Deadpool was ever voiced by somebody, and for whatever reason, it's stuck in my head. Mm. Do you remember uh, X-Men Legends? Uh, yes. He's in X-Men Legends too. Oh, really? Um, yeah, he is. He, uh, I don't know if he's a secret character, though. Um, I think you you do get... You, I know you definitely get him, um, and he was one of the reasons I wanted to play the game in the first place. But uh, he's voiced by the crypt keeper in that in that game what that's john kassir really doing his voice in john yeah kassir. i believe so i gotta look that up john later. kassir yeah and you know he's got that sort of raspy kind of gravelly thing to his voice and and that really i mean i just hear it every time mm-hmm. uh, i i think john kassir is one of those voice actors that like he has a lot of range and he has a lot of talent but it's also one of those voices that when you hear it, you kind of know it's unmistakably him. Sure, yeah. Like, yeah. You, you'll you'll always hear sort of shades of the Crypt Keeper or something like that, like, in the back. Oh, yeah. Because it's, it's very close to his normal speaking voice. Um, and I, I, I just I just can't unhear it. Like, that's that's the Deadpool voice for me. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, You're going to listen to that. And it, it totally works. Sounds yeah. badass. How awesome is that, though? Like, remember back in the day... When you would just like buy a game just because it your char- your favorite character was potentially an unlockable. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Oh, God, yes. And, and I say back in the day, like I'm not gonna go buy Lego Avengers just to see who's in there. <laughs> but like it's just like you get like so that's why I got uh, Lego Batman three or I asked to get it for uh, my birthday last year because it was the only time that Booster Gold had been in a Lego game and I was like I have to fucking unlock him and I have to unlock <laughs> Red Hood. Like this is like my my life mission right now. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's it's really the small life missions that make make you go through it. You you know that there's some some small fan out there who's like, dude, I really love Killer Moth. I finally get the chance to play. Yeah. In Lego Batman Three, it's like, oh my god, like it's got everybody in here. <laughs> but even go, even going back too, like before like Lego or not before Lego games, but not including those, when you you would play like. 
you know, you play Mario 64 and try to bug it out so you can maybe play as Luigi. Um, yeah. You would. He's hiding in the fountain, kids. <laughs> yeah. It's still true. <laughs> He's still there, I swear. Keep keep hope alive. <laughs> L is 2401. <laughs> Never forget. Um, you would play, like, you know, X-Men Legends. You'd play uh, Marvel Ultimate Alliance and really just, like, go through it and hope that your favorite character is in there. And not only is he or she in there, but would make a badass combo with another team because they had those like team mentalities where you'd get buffs if you chose all x-men all avengers yeah and stuff like that, all defenders or if you made all their costumes age of apocalypse or something yeah exactly like yeah and that's the other thing too is you play these games and you know maybe hopefully get like you know age of apocalypse costume or ultimates costume or whatever whatever your flavor was for that particular uh period in your life oh buddy yeah those are the good old days god damn I mean, that X, X-Men Legends 2 was essentially playing X2, the video game. Yeah. Because it was just a team-up of all the coolest people in the Brotherhood and all the coolest people in the X-Men. Yeah. It was om- and Deadpool also. It was almost like a <laughs> Dia- It was almost like an X-Men mod for Diablo. Yeah, because yeah. it's all isometric. Yep. I remember those. Those are great. Oh, boy. I, you're making me want to whip it out and go play it. <laughs> I'm, it makes me want to go play Diablo again. I'm looking forward to our comic book club. Coming comic out. book club. Yeah. 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 So, so what I what I've chosen uh, for this week, fellas, since it is my pick, which is perfect timing. Oh my goodness. Oh yes. Uh, back in uh, either 2012 or 2013, um, Brian Posehn, Jerry Dugan, and I want to say Tony Moore mm-hmm. um, started a new volume of Deadpool. Um, that was really the the first new Deadpool book in a while that wasn't written by Daniel Way. Yeah. Uh, Daniel Daniel Way had written Deadpool for maybe five or six years, a, a pretty pretty solid amount of time. Um, and he did he did longer, Hit Monkey, right? He also did Hit Monkey. Yeah. He wrote Wolverine for a fair amount of time. Yeah. He wrote a bunch of Venom stuff. Yeah. Um, what else did he write? I mean, I, I pretty much know most of them from writing like Wolverine Origins. Oh sure. Yeah. Uh, the the comic book, not the not the movie. Right. The, the two are also sort of unrelated to each other, so don't let that deter you from reading it. It's it's actually kind of all right. Um, his Deadpool fell very much into the vein of uh, of like very random, like jokey, like really playing it up for the internet kind of thing, mm-hmm. and it, it alienated a lot of fans, myself included. Um, but when Posehn and, and Dugan jumped back on the book, they dove right into the ridiculousness, but um, it was something about their characterization of Deadpool that, that really made it a must read, uh, and still is. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first arc of that book, he fights, uh, undead presidents, zombie presidents. Like they just, it, they go full nuts. But after that, they do a couple of cool, like very neat flashback stories that kind of like force Wait, 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 wait. you, you can't just gloss over that he, that he fights zombie presidents. Oh, they fight zombie presidents. Anyway, this, this cheese over here is I mean, really good. I mean, that's not the story we're reading, but it's, it's something cool that happens, <laughs> you know? Mm. Listen, he gets into a box, he gets into a cage match with Abraham Lincoln. Like, this is, this is Deadpool at, at some of his finest and certainly some of his most hilarious. <laughs> but, but if you want to get into the meat and potatoes of the character, there's a dark tragic element to it um you know he's he's a science experiment gone wrong he's got dead family he's got no memories you know uh in this story arc that that Posehn Dugan and, and Moore started um and guys like Scott Koblish uh also drawing you know the he he's getting tranquilized in the middle of the street and people are cutting him open and stealing his organs and he doesn't know why and apparently this kind of thing has been going on for a while and he's like you know what I'm getting real sick of this. 
you know, people friggin' with me in the middle of the street stealing my kidneys. <laughs> like, I ain't having it no more. It's just like, no shame. Just like, yoink, this is mine now. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, he starts to kind of... <laughs> he starts to kind of... He really works to try and piece his history back together. You know, like, what really happened when I washed out of the Weapon X program? Mm. And this story uh, takes place between issues 15 and 19 of that run. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's published in 2014. Uh, and it's a story about him trying to track down this guy named Butler, who may have information about a family Deadpool didn't know that he had. Uh, more more answers to why he washed out of Weapon X, where he went, what he did, and you know what his relationship is with this whole organ harvesting thing that's happening to him on a on a fairly regular basis. Um, you know, and as you'll read for yourself, it it starts out with a with a great team up with him, Wolverine, and Captain America. Um, so it's got a lot of other characters, uh, you know, people can really like and attach to if, if this would be their first Deadpool story. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't believe it's any of us on the show here. I'm pretty sure everybody else has read at least another comic with Deadpool in it. And if they haven't, I mean, I think this is a great entry to the character. You, you, you know, he's hilarious for sure, but you really kind of understand where he comes from and how he uses humor as a coping mechanism for, uh, having a truly tragic existence. Not a tragic life, a tragic existence. Damn, we're getting deep with it now. It gets real deep, <laughs> and and that's why I really appreciate this story, which is called "The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly." Um, you know, for for a lot of reasons. Uh, it, I want to say, it's also the first very serious story they kind of ventured into um, in this run that is still continuing, by the way. Which I am so grateful for because I f- I feel like they've they've really breathed a new life into the character that uh, I felt had been lost for, for a number of years underway. Um, you know, not to say that his run was, again, bad, just very different. Um, you didn't get too much serious, like, histori- like history stuff with Deadpool in that run. But sure. but they're bringing it back in style, and, and this is a, a five-issue arc that is absolutely worth reading. Uh, it's also drawn by a guy named Declan Shalvey, um, who has done fantastic work on Moon Knight, um, Judge Dredd, I believe, a couple other things. Uh, gr- like very, very stunning, crisp artwork. Yeah, I've already, I already read a, I cheated and read a couple issues already, and it, it does. Oh, you sneak! It, uh, yeah, I sneaked. Uh, it shines. It's, it's great art style. It's uh, good storytelling. I'm really excited to read the remaining three issues that I have to read. Um, yeah, Search, why don't you uh, take us home? <laughs> everybody that's it for the preview podcast of the bad Cody funky podcast tune in this thursday at 9 30 eastern standard time on twitch.tv slash bad Cody funky every week we talk about a new subject check us out on itunes and soundcloud bad slash podcast to see what topics uh we've went over and maybe there's something specifically that you like we've done star wars we've done uh other comics we've done marvel we've done buckaroo uh, bonsai <laughs> what is that <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that is. Um, yeah, we've done uh, many different things. So uh, head on over to badcuttyfunky.com slash podcast or on iTunes, badcuttyfunky and SoundCloud and uh, pick a uh, topic that you like and let us know. Hit us up on our Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, whatever you like. Until next time, everybody, we will see you soon. And hopefully we'll see you on Thursday at twitch.tv slash badcuttyfunky at 930 Eastern.